yeah, I'm open, you know, I'm open to whatever, whoever wants to, to use me, you know what I mean? It, it, I'm willing to, to listen, you know, but uh, like I said, uh, you know, I've been doing uh, good doing my own thing for all these years, you know what I mean? If, if it stays that way, I'm, I'm fine with that too. What's up, Bengal fans? It's your host, Joey Carney, and I want to thank you for clicking on this video. It was an amazing experience, and I can't wait for you to watch the full episode and enjoy it just as much as I did filming it. Now, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe down below to stay up to date with all the Angles activity right here on YouTube. Now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Angle Podcast. My guest at this time, he's a former United States champion, former Intercontinental champion. He holds the honor of unifying the WWE Tag Team titles. But beware, because he spits in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Carlito. How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? Good, good. I appreciate you uh, coming on in these crazy times to talk uh, about your career in wrestling. So without further ado, let's uh, jump into some questions. And the first thing that always comes to mind uh, regarding you is the catchphrase. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. It's one of those things that are, it's, it's a lifetime catchphrase where I still find myself telling people you're not cool. <laughs> and uh, I would like to know where that catchphrase came from or who, who really uh, created it for you. Um, that's a good question. That's such a long time ago. I don't, I think, um, what was it for? Oh, I think it was for the intro of, this, of my uh, my entrance thing. I think they just had me come up with different things to say, different lines or whatever. Uh, yeah, people say, you know, tell us your catchphrase. I didn't know that was my catchphrase. I never considered that my catchphrase, but <laughs> apparently apparently it is my catchphrase. Um, but, but I think it was just one of those things where they just had me just shoot out different lines and then see what kind of stuck. And, you know, a lot of times in WWE or in wrestling in general, uh, props are used. And for you, it was the Apple. and you're one of the only ones, if not, I think you're the only one who's ever gotten an apple over. So was that a, 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 an idea from you or was it just creative that handed you the apple and you kind of just went with it? I think, yeah, I think this, that, was, that was a Vince thing. Because um, basically I, I realized years after that all my vignettes were just Razor Ramon rehashed uh, vignettes. And then in one of those, he spat, I think it was something at, at some guy. And then mine ended up being, I was at a fruit stand and I ended up, spitting out the fruit vendors an apple uh i don't know what what fruit, fruit uh, razor was using but anyway vince when vince looked at it he, he saw that that part of spinning the apple and he said he liked that it just he wanted me to keep on doing it he's like yeah right, that, that seems like it could work <laughs> i'm the one that. doing the spin right so yeah i don't mind yeah of course <laughs> as long as it doesn't <laughs> happen to you <laughs> right exactly when you uh when you came into wwe in 2004 uh it was carlito caribbean cool and uh throughout that time i think they had they ever told you about the different names that they had for you, or was it always Carlito Caribbean Cool? Because you eventually just went to Carlito. So did they ever explain to you that transition of the name? Um, yeah, it was just it was, they always wanted something with cool, uh, and then you know, Carlos is my real name, so kind of a play on that. And then they they yeah they 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 told me that eventually they would cut down my name just to Carlito, but just I don't know. I guess at that time that was the fad to just have. A bunch of names so i you know they just threw that together it says all right Carlito Caribbean cool. I, okay I, I can go with that and then eventually yeah just 
ended up being Carlito. I think what that's they still do that, right? Don't guys start off with like four names and then all of a sudden they just yeah. they just go by one. Yeah, we had uh what Andrade, Cien Almas, and all right. these other guys that come in with you know five different names, and the fans like to call it the WWE the main roster touch where they just shorten their name and you know for you just right. Carlito Caribbean cool to to straight Carlito. Um, which is better too, like for all those up and coming wrestlers, you know, remember you gotta think about yeah. autographs. So the shorter your name or the less names you have, the easier it is for you. Yeah. And it's easier, you know, for, to, to chant and, and to really just remember. That's true. Yeah. It yeah works, exactly. It works overall, you know, I guess better for you. Um, but honestly, I could talk for hours about favorite moments uh, of yours in your, in your WWE career. One specifically was the feud that you had with John Cena coming in, you know, really just coming in, jumping into that feud. And that heel work was honestly masterclass. Really, I mean, going against John Cena is a thing in itself, but to come in as a heel and win in your first match against Cena, um, do you have a, fam- a favorite moment or a favorite, uh, I guess, segment or whatever you want to call it during your feud with Cena? Oh, uh, wow. Well, it's going so back, you know, so long ago. Um, it just that whole thing. Every once, like you had the feud and it, you always came back to Cena, you know, throughout your career. So, right. Yeah. Cena seemed to be, yeah, my, uh, my rival, um, which, you know, it was a good rival to have. Uh, yeah. Just every time I worked with him, you know, and just, just to see him get better over the years and just see him, you know, grow to this huge megastar nowadays. Uh, for me, I was just a big uh, learning experience for me. Of course. And coming in, like I said, your debut match, you won the United States championship, which is actually kind of unusual to see happen in WWE. What, what was the plan or what did they at least tell you backstage as to why they were putting the title on you so soon? Um, I don't think it's because I was second generation and, uh, you know, just something to, to you know, get uh, get me going, I guess, to give me a nice debut. And, you know, what, what better way to debut than that? Uh, so yeah, it was just kind of some just some way to, I guess, uh, to make an impact right from the start. I, I guess they felt I already had the uh, in-ring ability, so I didn't need time to, to see. You know, you can always get better, of course, but at least that was decent enough at that time to kind of carry that. And the same thing actually happened when you were drafted to raw, you came in that same night, you won the intercontinental championship. So I think that was kind of a trend that they had going with you because like you said, second generation in-ring talent was immaculate. Uh, it was just a great, you know, overall business decision to put the title on Carlito. Um, but in Wrestle at WrestleMania 21, uh, that was kind of your, your WrestleMania debut. You're involved with Roddy Piper, Stone Cold, uh, and that kind of led to Carlito's Cabana, which was a great segment to see on Monday Night Raw. Um, when they presented you with that idea of having your own talk show, how did you kind of approach it? Like, what were your thoughts, you know, hearing all this, these ideas? No, it was great. I was thankful because if, if uh, I remember correctly, I had just dislocated my shoulder, I think, what, like a month in, a couple months into my, uh, my after my debut from SmackDown. So it was a way to keep me on TV um so yeah i was you know i knew i could talk so i was, I was like i was just i was just thankful they were gonna keep me on tv because you know the worst thing you want especially as a new guy coming in is to get all this momentum all of a sudden just get hurt and then you're shelved for who knows how long and then you know you kind of get lost in the shuffle again so i was just happy to that they kept me in the mix yeah and during that time i think the only shows that they had talk shows really i mean obviously piper's pit but i think it was jericho's jericho show talk show and i mean they, i think that was it at that time and that, it was pretty cool to see them like extend the talk show idea into WWE programming, especially with you, where you had such a great reaction, whether babyface or heel with the fans. It was just, it was really cool to see all that play out. Um, but in 2005, you got drafted to Raw and you were featured in the 
traditional Survivor Series match, really the, the five on five, I guess, or four on four. Um, before that, a couple days leading into that, we lost Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero, who was scheduled to be in that match. Do you remember any anything going on backstage? Um, one being that obviously Eddie passed away, but two, what they were going to do with that match and the pay per view specifically? Oh, I have no idea. That was that was about my pay grade. I uh, <laughs> I wasn't yeah, I wasn't privy to that information. Uh, yeah, I don't even yeah. I it, it was I just remember you know everybody was just it was just a sad time you know because Eddie was just a great guy. You know, no, not just in the ring you know, but just always in the back. It was a good mentor, especially for me. You know, I mean, he helped me out a lot. Yeah. Being in another Latino, you know, he always used to to help me out and you know, but um, yeah, that that information was yeah, that was that was uh, I wasn't privy to that. Okay, and throughout throughout that time of, of before Eddie's passing, do you have any like fond memories or, or any stories that you could share that, that you guys that you guys had together or shared? Yeah, just it was just cool to you know that uh, just him and Ray being you know other Latinos there uh, and you know they they. They welcomed me in, you know what I mean? They they took care of me, they looked out for me instead of, you know, uh, you know, you know, you hear those stories of people trying to like bury guys and stuff, but no, they they were always willing to help me along with whatever I needed. So I, I always appreciate them for that. Yeah. Anybody that I really that I talk to in the wrestling business always looks at them as like the, the best mentors that they could have had or had really just in, in general in pro wrestling. So I mean, I guess it's really cool to hear uh, about Eddie. But fast forwarding uh, to a few that you had. That involved really uh, Randy Orton and Trish Stratus, and I remember at that time the springboard RKO off the top that Randy hit on you. Do you mm-hmm. have that? To me, honestly, is one of those standout moments, uh, not only for you but for you know out of nowhere RKOs. Do you have a favorite moment uh, or opponent, should I say, in your with your time in WWE? Um, yeah, I mean, it was you know just worked so many guys. Uh, yeah. Probably, I, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's too many to mention, but you know, probably, of course, you know, it's John Cena, of course. Yeah. Uh, working uh, Mysterio was always fun. Um, Shelton, just, you know, just, yeah, just a bunch of guys I was always happy to work with. And do you have even, uh, even though, of course, with the Nature Boy, of course, you know, it was cool to wrestle yeah. a guy that my dad had wrestled. So that you know, yeah, like I said, there's, there's so many of them. And to tag with Rick too. I mean, that must have been must have been awesome to do that. <laughs> no, it was great. Yeah, yeah, of course. Do you have a favorite uh, a title win or, or title that you held within your career? Uh, title win? Maybe probably the one I, uh, with my brother when we unified the, the tag team championships at WrestleMania. And I just, looking back now, I was thinking it's just it was a real cool moment, you know, to have that and uh, share that with my brother. Of course. And that was kind of leading into my, my next question. You have such a long lineage of family in, in pro wrestling. And before tagging with your brother, or before he even really got into the WWE, did you have the dream to either like compete against or, or even tag with someone in your bloodline? Uh, yeah, of course. You know, it would be cool to, yeah, I remember I, we did in Puerto Rico, I think one time, I tagged with my brother and my dad. So that, that was cool. Um, as a tagging, I don't know. I didn't, I always saw myself as a singles wrestler. But I mean, of course, yeah, you know, of course I was happy to tag with my blood. But I, yeah, I never saw myself as a, as a tag, as a tag guy. And, and tagging with, with, with your brother, I mean, led to an amazing moment in your career, you know, talking about unifying the tag team titles at WrestleMania. Looking back at that moment now, what does it mean to you? Like, do you, do you appreciate it more today than, than you did before? Probably, yeah. You know, because uh, like I said, you're going, you know, 100 miles an hour back then. You don't have time to sit and reflect. So now these, as a, these older days, as they say, I've been able to look back and, you know, think about certain different things and appreciate it more. 
Yeah, especially I mean, that being a, a huge WrestleMania moment for you. Everyone looks for those those WrestleMania moments and to do it with your family, creating history. I mean, that that must have been a, a highlight like 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 we talked. Oh, yeah, about. it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't great that they got cut off the main show, but other than that, it was it was it was great. <laughs> and, and talking about being cut off the show, I know that that's something that you've experienced before, um, not just once. And it happens quite often to, to superstars, especially in big shows like WrestleMania. What is it? What's the process like of, you know, waiting in, in Gorilla, waiting to go out, and then they tell you, oh, it's being cut. Like, what is that mindset of, of preparing, not necessarily preparing for that, but for that moment where they tell you it's not happening tonight? Uh, well, it's different stages because sometimes you might know, uh, you know, a couple of weeks out. Sometimes I think uh, without one, I, I think they made it not total like two or three days before. Or sometimes it could, it could happen the same day of the show. You never know. Yeah, yeah for guys, it kind of sucks because, you know, you work, you know, you, you bust your tail the whole year. And, uh, you know, not only that, the worst part is, of course, is the check. The check goes from a certain amount to all the way down to, you know, a real, well, not a low amount, but, uh, you know, a lot lower than what you'd get for being on the show. So that really is what, what stings the most to guys. I think the fans don't, don't necessarily, they don't see that part. And they also don't realize that part as well. Being that, okay, if they get bumped from a certain position on the card, there's also a pay either raise or, or, or decrease depending on where they're putting you on the card. So that, that is really interesting to know that that actually does happen uh, when they sort of say bump people from different positions or even off the card. Um, but in 2007, you asked for your release from WWE. And if you don't mind me asking, what was, what was the reason behind that? Because I know that you would have asked a few times um, mm-hmm. for the release. But really, what was the reasoning behind that? And kind of what convinced you to stay? Just uh, creative differences. Uh, you know, I, I knew I didn't like, you know, the way the, my character was going. Uh, they, I didn't, wasn't getting any direction. Um, I didn't like being a baby face at that time. Uh, well, not that I didn't like it. I just felt it was, it was, it was, it was a mistake to make Khalil. Because Khalil wasn't a, a baby face. You know what I mean? He was a heel character. Yeah, he's likable and stuff, but he's not. He's not a baby face, you know what I mean? He's a guy that, and then they started putting me with girls. And I'm like, bro, you know, my difficulty is Carlos, the guy that talks all this, not, you know, this, this, and lies about being with all these girls, but in reality, the girls don't, you know, what I mean? they don't like him. But like, when he starts getting the girls, like, okay, now he's just, I just felt like they ruined the whole Carlito character. So I was like, you know, I'd rather just kind of like, uh, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. So I don't want to, I didn't want to do something I didn't feel. Um, and then, you know, you get told different things, you know, you get convinced to stay here and there. I'm not going to, go into all that or you know bury stuff or whatever but you know, just yeah i ended up staying a couple of times I was told stuff stuff you know stuff to come to fruition but at the same time i knew better too so you know it's on me too uh but yeah it just basically comes down to just creative differences really and, and being in that mindset where you're not you're not necessarily happy with one with your with your career but also to the company that you're with knowing that this stuff there's really stuff that out of, that's out of your control. What's that mindset like, you know, going to work every day, keeping that morale up for yourself and that positivity? Uh, it's hard. I don't think I did. You know I mean? Some guys, you know, they say, uh, hear these stories about these guys that persevered and, you know, they went, they gave this and they said, oh, well, you know, I'm going to still, uh, you know, I'm going to take this right. I'm going to still strive and whatever. I just, I took the opposite route. I'm like, man, like, screw these people, screw this or uh, screw whatever. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's uh, I just felt like, no matter, because at one point I did start like, really trying my best whatever and it was going nowhere so i was like okay you know it's 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 not worth uh not it's not worth it to try to give all this effort because they know it's just useless you know what I mean? it's wasted uh effort and energy so i'd rather just you know try to find my way out go back regroup and then 
you know, hopefully start something up again. And that honestly is like a big topic today in pro wrestling because there's so many new options available to superstars that they are vocal about, oh, you know, I don't like my, my position on the card. I don't like the scripted promos. I don't like, you know, this, that, the other thing. And there's different options. So to hear that it happens, that it has been happening for a while, you know, and, and it does affect, you know, your mindset going into work, trying to do the best, you know, thing that you can. So I do, I, I do completely understand um, your point there. Yeah, but like, like I said, I'm not the first, but this has happened throughout wrestling yeah. through, you know, that's why I don't, I don't uh, like hold a grudge or anything, you know, just another guy that, you know, that, you know, it's, I'm not the first, I'm not the last, you know what I mean? It'll happen to other guys too, but it's just, it's just the way the business is. Exactly. And uh, after you left the company, uh, Primo and Epico began uh, tagging. They were labeled the Colognes. And I heard throughout all the all that time, there was like rumors of maybe you're possibly coming back, doing a trio group, whatever they whatever fans were or the dirt sheet said. Um, was that the case? Were there any talks to come back and like join them and do like a, a trio group or? Yeah, back in 2015. But, uh, you know, um, I wasn't I didn't agree on the money. Yeah. Uh, and then I gave a counter offer and they decided not even to make a counter offer. They said, thank you. But, you know, uh, <laughs> you'd be on your way. I was like, all right, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know, it's, it's their, you know, it's their choice. So it's fine. Yeah. And uh, in January of this year, in 2021, you're advertised for Legends Night. And I know you get these questions all the time, um, but I just like to hear the in detail responses. Um, you're, you're advertised for Raw Legends Night, amongst other names like Candice Mich- Michelle. And a few of you didn't appear on the show, and a lot of people were saying, oh, there was dirt sheets that there was travel issues for you or something like that. Uh, obviously, that's not the truth. Um, what what happened there? What was the, the idea they had for you? Um, yeah, I was called a couple of days before, and they said, we're going to cancel you for Legends Night. We, we think it'd be better if we brought you in for the Rumble. I think it was Hurricane was a backstage producer. I think it was his idea or something. He pitched it. And... Um, they decided, you know, it'd be a lot better if we brought you back for the Rumble. I think it'd be uh, much better. You know, I was totally, uh, uh, what do you call it? I totally preferred that. It was, you know, for me, it was, yeah, I'd rather be at the Rumble anyway. So that's, you know, that, that works perfectly. So it worked out, yeah, it worked out for, for both of us. Of course. And, and at the at Legends Night, they usually just, or from what they did, really, it wasn't really like Legends wrestling in the ring. It was more just showcasing, oh, like backstage segments. So to see you in the Royal Rumble, I mean, I definitely think was a bigger, bigger deal. And, uh, overall worked out for you really um but from that scheduled appearance on raw legends night there was a lot of buzz all around the internet uh with your name bringing it back up in, in the wwe picture um same thing i actually had spoken to candace michelle we did an interview and she spoke about that too and people were, were you know left right wherever emailing her texting her her name was all over the place and the same was for you what was the reaction to seeing the fans like react so positively or positively to seeing you maybe you know coming back to WWE yeah man it was great it was, it was humbling uh you know I didn't know what to expect you know after being gone for like, over 10 years and you know not being on any kind of tv or at least not wrestling tv uh for all that time you know, I was wondering that you know they'd still remember me if you know they'd still care if I came back so yeah it was I was excited to to get that you know to get that kind of response after all these years it was was uh was very you know I was very grateful for it and I was happy to to be received that way. I was just thankful for that. You know, everybody still, still cares. At least, you know, most, most, yeah. most people do. <laughs> most is good. Most is good. <laughs> well, most is good. You can't, get, you can't get everybody. So yeah, right. of course. I can live with that. And uh, I, a significant part of the return that you had at the Royal Rumble, and I'm kind of, I'm going to get into the Royal Rumble in a little while, um, but the, the return 
uh, was not only significant because of that, but because of the shape that you were in. I mean, it was incredible to see you in that shape. Not saying you weren't in good shape before, but <laughs> just to see you in that in that shape. Uh, what was the the mindset behind, you know, getting into that shape? What could be really the best shape of your life? Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, at the same time, it was it was. Uh, I don't know if yeah, I didn't know if it was a, an insult or if it was a, it was a compliment. The way people were reacting <laughs> to to my physique. Um, but like I said again, I have, you know I've been like this for years. Problem is, I haven't been anywhere, so nobody's really seen you know nobody's seen me. But uh, yeah, it was a couple of years after. Uh, my release in 2010, I just, and I just decided I wanted to, you know, I had the time on my hands now. I thought, you know what, let me just do something different. Let me just get in the best shape I can and uh, be something different. I think on Twitter, I was doing the body guy thing for a little bit, which I, you know, just having fun with it. Um, and I kind of just started taking it serious. And then, you know, it's, 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 it evolved from there. And then since then, yeah, I've kind of, but you know, like I said, like, it's weird because, you know, for me, it's nothing new, but it was funny. Just, I forgot that people hadn't seen me, you know, <laughs> on and for all these years. So they didn't know, you know, but yeah, I've been like this for, for a couple of years now. And then after after the return, I, I thought back and I'm thinking about Glow and all the other all the other TV shows and things that I saw you on. I was like, oh wow, you know, that that isn't this isn't really something new for him. I mean, you were in that shape, like you said, before that, we just didn't get to see it. So right. I think it was a big shock yeah. for fans to see the transition, you know, over really over a 10 10 year period since you were in WWE. Yeah. Um, but you've said that there were names like MVP, Shelton, and and you know, Bobby Lashley. All these, all these uh, friends of yours, kind of t- beginning the process really to to bring you in. You said Hurricane for the Rumble, um, and when we saw MVP return in 2020, he had the match. At, he was in the Rumble, had the match on Raw, and then was signed to like some sort of producer role or something, and then trend whatever transition out of that. And it seemed like there was a trend starting there, you know, bringing in former talent, kind of doing the same thing. When you were first approached about the Rumble. What was the scheduled plan? Like, they, it was it just a rumble, or what did they initially uh, offer you for that? Yeah, it was just a rumble, and then I think before the day before the rumble, they said, uh, "Can you do Raw too?" I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever you guys need. Uh, so yeah, then I did. I did Raw the the the, the next the following night. Uh, yeah, and then that, that's all we uh, we talked about was just uh, the Raw and, and the rumble. And I don't know if it's fans who create these stories or if it's the dirt sheets, wherever they get their information. Um, but there was reports saying that you were offered a, like, a, like a trial or something and then a producer role. I heard, <laughs> yeah, I heard something about a producer role. I don't know yeah, but after I've had no communication since since the uh, the Raw appearance. Okay. And when you had that match on Monday Night Raw, uh, Elias, Riker, and, and Hardy, Jeff Hardy, uh, what was the... What was like your mindset like being back after 10 years on Monday Night Raw? Like, was it all full, full circle for you or what went through your mind? Yeah, well, it was great. Uh, you know, it, it was weird. I, I thought after these years, it'd be, it'd be different. But after the first being there, like about first 20 minutes, half an hour, I just just started feeling like, like the, you know, like the old days back. And of course, you know, there's a lot of new faces. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of, a lot of people that have been there that even before I was there. So it was it was great seeing that they're still there, and you know, I felt at home within about half an hour. But like you know, like, like uh, no time had gone by. And, and obviously, I mean, you're not you're not at the WWE now. Um, was there any contract offered, or you know, what what happened with you being there and you not being there? That's it. I was there, and now I'm not there. That's, that's <laughs> all. There's been no no communication uh, since then. Got it. And are you open to signing with another promotion? I mean, if the deal makes sense for you, being that there's so many different options today. Yeah, I'm open, you know, I'm open to whatever, whoever wants, uh, 
to use me, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm willing to, to listen, you know, but uh, like I said, uh, you know, I've been doing uh, good doing my own thing for all these years. You know what I mean? If, if it stays that way, I'm, I'm fine with that too. And with all those rumors circulating about the producer role, is that ever something that, that maybe crossed your mind? Like when you, when you were thinking about ending your, your in-ring uh, career, would that be something of interest to you? A producer role? Yeah, uh, producer role, trainer role, all that kind of sounds intriguing. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, I just have to listen. I'm willing to listen to whatever at this point. But and like I said, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, those would be interesting just helping out the younger guys and, uh, you know, help them develop, which I think would kind of be uh, a new, you know, something new for me, something that I, I think I'd find a lot of fun to do. And you were featured in, I don't want to say AEW content, but Sammy Guevara, the, the vlogs and all that stuff. Uh, being nearly, um, there was a, a short thing of you in there. Um, are there any, or were there any talks, you know, with all elite wrestling, AEW to possibly bring you in? No, no talks with AEW either. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. I mean, everybody. Not, would, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. It's not, you know, that's, it is what it is, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, being, being from Puerto Rico, being a Puerto Rican superstar, uh, it must've been awesome to see Damian Priest and, and Bad Bunny showcased. Uh, through WrestleMania season, really a big part of uh, WrestleMania this year, and bringing you know bringing in the Latin, the Latin audience, a huge part of it. Um, was that like what was that feeling for to see them like proudly waving the Puerto Rican flag? Like, what did you think of all that? No, that you know that was great to see uh, you know my fellow Islanders uh, you know doing uh, <laughs> something on Raw every week, and then you know doing a showcase on on WrestleMania, and then you know hearing uh, the rave reviews that they gave Bad Bunny for his performance. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I was very, I was very happy for those two. And recently, there's been some, you know, with all the WWE releases going on here and there, um, Mickey James brought something to light that a, a, a lot of superstars have experienced over the years, including the trash bags. Uh, you know, WWE sending them their stuff and whatever her, whatever her situation was. Uh, is this something that ever or happened to you, or did you know it existed before, like when you were released the first time? Um. I don't know. When I was released, it wasn't uh, kind of on bad terms on each side. So I, I don't think I even got it. I, I don't even think I got a uh, uh, wish well in my future endeavors. Oh, wow. uh, so, yeah. So uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, but yeah, so my, like I said, my, my release was deserved. So I got no complaints about that. Um, uh, you know, it's like I said, you know, it's, but too, like uh, the way society and the stuff, it's, you know, stuff's changed. Like back then you might see it now, like, whoa, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff that was going on that, but just with the times, it changes. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, you know, it's the way things were. And then, you know, it's the way things are now. Just, with, you know, if you look back on, you know, like, you know, all these people that get canceled and stuff. But, you know, back in the day, kind of like, you know, it's a yeah. big deal. Now you see, like, oh, my God. Like, oh, we kind of look back at our own behavior sometimes. Like, wow, we, we were like that. You know I mean? Like, wow, there's something wrong with us. But, you know, you go by and hopefully things get better. And I think things in WWE, the backstage, especially after that, I think was a, was a wake-up call. I think, you know, things will get better, about, you know, for for all companies in wrestling. Yeah. And from that situation, I mean, they really did, you know, they, they made some changes here and there, released some people and, you know, trying to, to make, to be better really. So I, I guess it was something that needed to be brought to light and, and really just, uh, I guess, discussed uh, into the universe. Um, yeah. But at the end of my interviews, I like to ask uh, the same question to all my guests. And it's really uh, when your in-ring career is complete, uh, whenever that is for you, what do you want your legacy to be? uh when you're done with professional wrestling um that's a good question i don't know um 
I guess hopefully that inspired uh, other uh, Latino, um, you know, kids uh, growing up, maybe get into this business. Um, like I said, it's, it kind of sucks that my prime was missed. You know what I mean? So, you know, I left and I was like 31, I think, which I think. Is, so, you know, all that was, was uh, I could have done a bunch of stuff or a lot more. But um, other than that, you know, I don't know. Hopefully that they, you know, whatever small part they took, uh, they enjoyed it and hopefully inspired people to, you know, especially like, you know, I think at least from the Latino culture, especially Puerto Rican kids, Yeah. Uh, you know, they use me as an example. Of, well, no, well, at least my in-ring stuff of, you know, something they want to, you know, when they want to be wrestlers that, uh, you know, somebody could look up to. And now that we're discussing, you know, you know, your career and legacy and things like that coming really full circle um, across the board. Is there, if you were to come back and sign with the promotion, is there anybody that you, that you know of out there that you would want to work with? Like, is there like a top, top superstar that you think that's, that's the match I want to have? Uh, not really. I, I think I can go out there and, you know, mainly my thing is just go out there and be able to entertain people with where I'm working with. You know I mean? It's not really about, to me, it's not really about who I'm working. It's just what, uh, you know, they can get out of me and I can get out of them and what we can do to uh, create some excitement with the audience. Of course. And for all the fans watching and listening right now, where can they find uh, more of Carlito, whether on social media or a website or anything that you're, you're promoting? Yeah. My Twitter and my Instagram are at Lito Colon 279, L-I-T-O-C-O-L-O-N 279. And, uh, you know, I try to post, you know, stuff. Uh, I'm not the most, uh, what do you call it? You know, I don't do karaoke videos or uh, <laughs> TikTok things stuff. and stuff. I try yeah. to, yeah, or just, you know, doing random things. I try to do something that I feel if I post it's, it's entertaining than just, you know, a random, hey, woke up today, you know, sun is shining. Or I don't know, just to <laughs> me, as, I don't care about that. seeing that from another person. I don't see that. Why would anybody would care that? about me so you know i try to do you know i don't post much but when i do i try to hopefully make it you know somewhat entertaining and is there anything that you can leave us off with uh that what the fans can expect from you going forward any new projects or anything or just wrestling related um nothing i like to move in silence man uh you know what i mean uh, wrestling wise there's nothing really going on right now uh, i got other stuff going on but you know it, it'll when it comes out it'll come out so i'll leave it at, i'll leave it at that awesome when I was looking through footage, you know, for questions and things to ask you, so many like memories came back from your career in, in WWE and really just in general. And I have to say, this is one of the, my favorite interviews that I've done because just, you know, you being Carlito, one of the, my favorite superstars, uh, you know, from the 2000s, it was an honor and pleasure to really be able to speak with you and uh, hope sometime we can do it again. And I really do appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And before you go, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe down below to stay up to date with the next big interview right here on The Angle Podcast.